You're listening to The Weekly Brew with Austin Statton, Jeremy Paxton, and Hunter Atkins. It's time to sit back, relax, and be informed. You should know what I started. You should know where your heart is. Welcome to episode 140 of The Weekly Brew Podcast. My name is Austin Statton, and in just a few minutes, I'm going to be joined by the Houston Chronicles' Hunter Atkins to talk a little Astros baseball as we are in the final week of the season. As of uh, recording of this episode, Astros are just two games away from clinching the AL West for the second straight year and making the playoffs for the third year out of the last four. Uh, 99 wins for the Astros. Hunter and I sit down and talk over this past weekend on what you can expect from the Astros heading into the postseason. What are some of the biggest concerns for the franchise as they have a likely showdown with the Cleveland Indians ahead? How does the pitching staff stack up? I think that's one of the big questions. But if you want to follow our work, you can just follow us on uh, all of the social media channels. Just search at Weekly Brewcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Also, go check uh, Hunter out as well. He puts out great work for the Houston Chronicle at Hunter Atkins 35. But uh, before we get into some uh, you know NFL news and some uh, big political news that's going on, I want to take a quick minute to tell you about BetDSI.com. Uh, they've been paying winners for 20 years. It's one of the top-rated betting review sites. Uh, you could use your sports knowledge to make some extra cash. You know, if sports isn't your thing, you can gamble on uh, politics, movies, entertainment, uh, whatever you want. They have the pa- fastest payouts in the industry. Uh, you play, you win, you get paid. It's that simple. Uh, you know, you can also do live betting too. If you're watching a game and you think that Deshaun Watson is going to throw over two touchdowns in the second half, you can bet that. Uh, you you know, if, if you want to, go to BetDSI.com, use our promo code BREW101, and first-time deposits get a 101% bonus match on your money up to $1,000. Uh, once again, go to BetDSI.com and use our promo code BREW101 and get this limited-time 101% bonus up to $1,000. It's only a game until you bet it at BetDSI.com. All right, so really quickly, Astros, 99 wins on the season. Monday night, taking down the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, Dallas Keuchel struggled a little bit, but uh, the Astros' bullpen was able to come through as the Strohs knock off the Jays in game one of the series, uh, taking that one 5-3. to three. Uh, Some interesting comments coming out over the weekend and into Monday with uh, Ken Giles, who you might recall with the uh, embattled former closer for the Astros. Uh, struggled last year in the playoffs, never really regained his form. Uh, in non-save situations this year, his ER is over nine. That's not acceptable as a relief pitcher, as a closer. There's a reason why the Astros demoted him down to AAA and ultimately traded him to Toronto uh, in that Roberto Osuna deal. Also, kind of an interesting reception for Roberto Osuna, who is uh, being charged right now with domestic violence in Toronto. He came in and pitched the ninth inning to get the save. Uh, a lot of booze in Toronto, and I think uh, rightfully so, but uh, Osuna did look sharp in that outing, but Again, Astros' magic number is two. They can potentially clinch on Tuesday night. Uh, So we'll have to wait and see for that. I will actually be at the Baltimore series, the final series of the regular season this weekend, cheering on the Astros. But uh, let's pivot real quick to the the NFL. Uh, Sunday was a disaster for the Houston Texans, falling 27 to 22 against the New York Giants. Uh, Texans came into the game heavily favored, uh, favored by nearly a touchdown. Uh, Giants had struggled going 0-2. You know, they didn't look great in their loss to Dallas uh, last Sunday night. But uh, Texans, two close losses. Uh, you know, you can't have moral victories, but close games against New England, a game they should have won in Tennessee against the Titans. Uh, 
uh, they just didn't get it done. Uh, they fell behind early. Uh, it was 20 to six heading into halftime. That's not on, that's not acceptable. Uh, they do pick up a field goal in the third quarter, but they have two turnovers, uh, a fumble and then a pick that really just take the air out of any momentum that was going in that game. And, uh, you know, JJ Watt, uh, great, amazing, uh, performance from him. It looked like vintage JJ Watt. Uh, he had three sacks on the day, four tackles, a forced fumble. He looked like an all pro, uh, you know, defensive end. And that's encouraging to see, especially coming from back-to-back seasons with severe injuries. But uh, defense was a uh, was an issue for uh, the Texans. Eli Manning uh, had his day with the Texans defense, going 25-29 through the air for nearly 300 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, they also didn't have an answer for Saquon Barkley. 82 yards of the ground, averaging nearly five yards a carry. Uh, Odell Beckham did his thing, 109 yards, nine receptions. Sterling Shepard, six receptions on 80 yards. Uh, Texans really hamstrung, though, by their offensive line. Uh, Julian Davenport struggled immensely at right tackle. I believe he was called for four penalties, three of which were false starts. If you're an NFL team playing at home, if you're an offensive lineman, you cannot have false starts if you want to try and sustain drives. The Texans had far too many times in which it was first and goal from the 15-yard line, first and goal from the 20-yard line. That's not putting your team into Sean Watson in a position to succeed. You have two amazing wide receivers, DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. And probably one of the most electric quarterbacks in the NFL, young quarterbacks in the NFL, and you can't get it done. So uh, disappointing time for the Texans. They fall to 0-3 uh, to start the young season. And uh, the seat is getting a little bit hotter for Bill O'Brien. Uh, Bill O'Brien, who just signed a contract extension this past year, uh, a lot of people are questioning whether or not he should uh, continue as the Texans coach. And uh, it, it doesn't get much easier for the Texans next week as they uh, – take on a uh, an up-and-coming uh, team, if you will. Uh, well, a division rival, the Colts, uh, in Indianapolis. And that's a place where the Texans have historically struggled. Uh, then they take on the Cowboys Sunday, October 7th here in Houston before taking on uh, the Buffalo Bills on October 14th. And uh, correction on that Cowboys team, it was October 7th. So uh, a lot to be uh, analyzed for the Texans over the next few weeks. But uh, 0-3, not a good start. Not acceptable here in a football crazy town in Houston. But uh, really quickly, let's just go over some of the big storylines in the NFL real quick. Jimmy Garoppolo out with a torn ACL. Uh, he got that massive contract extension to start the season. He's done. 49ers looking at backup court quarterbacks right now. TJ Yates, Tom Savage, those names have been thrown around. Uh, the big story from a quarterback front outside of uh, Garoppolo of course, Baker Mayfield coming back, uh, getting his first action in the NFL, uh, knocking off the Jets 21-17 to in a great come-from-behind win. Josh Allen uh, shocking the Vikings, who were double-digit favorites. Uh, Allen and the Bills uh, knock off the Vikings 27-6 to on the road. Uh, of course, a, a huge win uh, for the young quarterback there. Uh, Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes continue to roll as they knock off 49ers 38-27. Uh, kind of a shocker for me. Uh, Jaguars, who I picked to be uh, the favorite in the AFC, dropping to Tennessee at home 9-6. to And they were nearly 10-point favorites in that game. Uh, you, you've got to like what the Tennessee Titans are doing so far. They've had injury issues, but they've found ways to win uh, with new head coach Mike Vrabel. 
but of course, your Dallas Cowboys falling to the Seattle Seahawks 24 uh, 13. That should set up an interesting matchup here in Houston in two weeks. But all right, let's pivot from the NFL real quick before we get into the interview with Hunter. Uh, big storylines coming out of Washington, D.C. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh, uh, who was nominated by uh, President Donald Trump for the uh, Supreme Court vacancy, uh, is in a lot of hot water right now. Uh, there have been multiple sexual assault allegations that have come forward. And uh, Thursday, there's supposed to be a testimony. We'll see what happens. Uh, Michael Avenatti, the uh, the lawyer for Stormy Daniels, has come out and said that he has uh, multiple women who are going to uh, come forward with new allegations as early as Tuesday, potentially Wednesday, right before uh, the Senate committee hearing on Thursday. So Brett Kavanaugh, who was looking like a lock to become the Supreme Court justice, it's a toss-up now. So I think this is a very important um, moment for the Trump administration. And the weird thing is, it's not divided by male, female. It's divided by some party lines. And I, I don't know that I've seen as much divisiveness uh, in, in the past week and a half on Twitter as, as I have since probably around the election, to be honest. So it, it's going to be an interesting storyline to watch here in the upcoming weeks. And of course, we'll probably get Jeremy's take uh, once the vote happens. But I don't want to bore you with politics right now. We've got a great conversation coming up with Hunter Atkins. Talk a little Astros baseball as they gear up for the postseason. Again, the Astros have six games remaining in the regular season. 99 wins on the season. Magic number is two. Let's get to the interview with Hunter. So without further ado, it's time to sit back, relax, and be informed. You're listening to The Weekly Brew. Joining us now on The Weekly Brew is Hunter Atkins. And Hunter, it's been a few weeks. You've been tearing it up as usual for the Houston Chronicle, getting that right arm back into shape as you make your triumphant com- comeback to, uh, I guess, semi-pro baseball. Is that, is that right? And the formerly known We Dessert Studio. Yeah. Yeah. How's it going, man? It's good. Um... And by if you mean by tearing it up, I'm just getting torn up every <laughs> single day there. But um, that's for another show. Fair enough. No, it's been it's been a while. I'm I'm glad that uh, you know you got your shh together and uh, and are allowing us to finally bloviate all over again about uh, about the Houston Astros. I'm pretty excited about it. And the Astros on Friday night did clinch a postseason spot. I was there. That's not necessarily okay, Brian McTaggart. Uh, that's not necessarily a division win, uh, which is kind of odd because the Astros have 96 wins this late in the season and have not clinched a division crown. But that's because the AL West this year has been very tough. I mean, you've got a very good Mariners team who is not going to make the postseason. The A's, who are sitting at 93 wins, uh, three and a half games back of the Astros at the time that we're recording. How surprised are you that the AOS has come down to the wire the last week of the season? Well, I, I, I mean, we would have we would have been surprised about this notion maybe like three months ago, right? Yeah. But the athletics are great. I, I, they somehow have cobbled together this amazing season without good starting pitching, right? Their the, ace right now is... Is out for the season possibly next year. What? Yeah. Who? Fires got hurt? Oh, I'm not talking about Fires. Oh. No, Manaya. Yeah, Manaya. Yeah, no, no, no. Their ace of the moment is a guy who buoyed the Astros rotation last June, right? Helped keep their playoff hopes alive, essentially, you know, in the late spring. And then wasn't even good enough to make their postseason roster, Mike Fires. And he is saving the athletic season. How crazy is that? Uh, Yeah, it's it's really weird. Uh, But 
Dude, their their bullpen is bulletproof, and the middle of their lineup is the most powerful in baseball. I, you know, Chapman, Olson, and uh, Davis. They're, those guys are dynamite. So, no, I'm not surprised about it. It's it's incredible how deep the AL has been overall, right? right. Like, what would you say? There were going to be four, possibly four teams that are going to win a 100 there, games? There's an outside chance that four teams could win 100 games. Obviously, yeah. the Red Sox at 105. Uh, Astros at 96, currently the Yankees at 94, and Oakland sits at 93. So there's an outside chance yeah. that it can happen. I mean, either way, the point is that it's you just have a four so stacked. Really, really Where are the Indians teams? at right now? I mean, uh, Indians are sitting back at 85 and 68. Exactly. Yeah, a lot of injuries for them. But but they also play in a weak, weak division. So it's surprising yeah. to me that they haven't been able to buoy the numbers similar to what the Astros did last year in a weak American League West. So it's, it's not a bad point. Um yeah, at the same time, I just I look at the talent that they do have, and you got to figure that it's going to click. A, yeah, in a series, they'll be, you, be dangerous. You, you we hear, can get into that. In yeah, you hear constantly that you know that's a team that's built for the postseason, uh, which I think that's more of a football term. Which well, <laughs> look, they, they they came within a few outs of you know winning the World Series, right? And Terry Francona is probably the best manager of the last like twenty years. Yeah. Um, so. And then on top of it, their pitching is just awesome. So I don't know. It's not, it's not that outlandish. They just haven't pulled it together this year because for a second season in a row, they've had to you know get really creative with injuries. But yeah. Let's stay on the Astros. Let's do it. Um, and, and really quickly, if you want to follow Hunter's work, at Hunter Atkins 35 on Twitter. But You're such a pro now. I, You're doing, I try. doing the early plug. I try. We never to. do early I've got plugs. To. Uh, but... You know, the Astros, they've played well in the month of September. You know, kind of struggled a little bit in August, but they sort of kicked it up a gear. August was the worst month, but that's not unusual. Right. right. It was very similar last year as well. Yeah. Um, It it seems like the last two months of the season have sort of mirrored themselves. Uh, You know, they played well at home, did lose a series against the Mariners, uh, pick up the opener and a blowout win against the Angels on Friday night. Uh, have two more as of the time that we're recording uh, this segment against the Angels. And they close out next week on the road. Toronto, and then a four-game series in Baltimore. I think if you're closing out the series on the road with those two teams, you've got to like your odds to take those series. There's no reason anybody should have any fear that they're going to lose the division. It's not going to happen. No. So they'll win. And actually, what's really nice about facing those two teams is you get to set up your rotation. Actually, I know. I was going to say, I was going to say, we'll get into this a little bit more because we should front load the positives and then really elaborate on the negatives. But um, those are great places to hit. And it is the thing that you want to see from the Astros right now. You want to see <clears throat> consistent hitting, powerful hitting. Um, you know, the Baltimore Stadium is a bandbox. It's a great place for George Springer to have an opposite field home run. I know that, like, that sounds so specific, but we just haven't seen him do it in months. And then um, Toronto, the the Astros always hit well there. You know, like that is a great place for Springer and Correa, uh, perhaps to find their their power strokes again. Um, but but we can get we can break that down more specifically. You, you mentioned setting up the rotation. Yeah, the positives we can get through in thirty seconds. They have the best rotation in baseball. They have one of the best rotations in the history of baseball. This is not something to worry about. Every time an Astros starter will take the mound in this postseason... You know they're going to get at least six innings. I, I actually was not going to say that, because I... Postseason's a little bit different yeah, in how you no, manage it. the urgency it. with which Hinch manages the team. I, these guys could be out after four or five, and they could go to... to you know, like, We'll get into the bullpen more, but like McCullers or Josh James or whatever. No, I, I was going to say, 
I find it hard to believe that there were, that there will be a game in which an Astros starter um, will be an underdog. Right. You know what I'm saying? They're either going to be a heavy favorite, whichever Astros starter is pegged for that day, or he will be, you know, an even match or just barely overmatched in, not overmatched, but unfavored in, in their matchups. So, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's no reason to doubt their pitching, of course. They've been, it's been awesome, right? Cole, God, Cole is so good. And then last night... Yeah, I was 12 thinking, strikeouts. Just nails. How um, good... I mean, when we first found out about the the trade happening i think we podcasted the very next day with jake and we thought that jake aka jake no mistake kaplan yeah exactly uh we thought that he could be a good addition to the team i don't think any of us thought that he would have the kind of season that he's having talked about a little bit there was there was there was for the fun of conversation in spring training talk of like maybe he can be for the cy young now he's on a really good team now that he has you know all the astros data and coaching he's been amazing i think he'll be awesome in the postseason um but it's gonna be great to watch Verlander and Keiko's been very good, and and Cole and obviously Morton with his heroics last year. No, there, there's no reason to doubt it. So that's really good. Um, their bullpen is very good. Right. Um, I think that things change in the postseason. Like I don't know if you can have bulletproof confidence in Tony Sip. I don't know if you can have bulletproof confidence in Hector Rondon. Da, 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 da. But overall, it's a good bullpen. They certainly have the the you know Hinch should have. Much more confidence bringing in members of the bullpen than the he did last year. Right, right. Um, I mean, last year he was so reliant on starting pitchers, whether it was Morton or McCullers, to get those big outs in the, the postseason. At the same time, I'll couch it this way: going into last postseason, the Astros had the I think their bullpen had the lowest ERA or the second lowest ERA of any bullpen in baseball. So it appeared to be a very strong bullpen a year ago. It proved not to be. So you know we can't. You know, just can't go over the top yet in, in talking about how good their bullpen could or could not be. I, I do want to kind of jump back a few weeks. Uh, and that series in Boston, uh, that, was, that was actually the last time I saw you. And, and we were talking before a, that series. At a Turkish gay man's bathhouse. Yes. Not to be redundant. Uh, we, we were discussing that we didn't think the Astros had a shot in that series. And they take yeah. two of three and potentially should have swept that series. They were, it was awesome. But, but I have to say... It was it was a really impressive sign of you know players in the Astros stepping up who you might not have. At the same time, I do not know if you can rely on Tony Kemp right. and Tyler White. What you know uh, in the playoffs? I also think that it, it exploited a very clear, glaring problem that the Red Sox have, which is their bullpen is awful. I would which not is be crazy. To me. Well. Well, why is it crazy? They don't have anybody good. You I know? mean, just on paper, you know, what they had last season, you would, I don't know. Joe Kelly has been garbage this right. year. Um, I mean, really, everything between the starter and Kimbrell is a problem for them. And I, I think Cora, Alex Cora, the manager, is basically going to manage that team like Hinch managed the Astros last year. I, I think he's going to be super aggressive, especially in that first series, just to, you know, as soon as they get a lead... You play, you manage like a football game. Yeah, um, I would not be surprised if um, you know, like Sale opens and Edwin Rodriguez comes in and relieves for three innings. And, so. and to me, that's the craziest part is because the Red Sox are going to win 110 plus games. It's going to be their best record in, in franchise history. And then the gift that they get is either the Yankees or the Red Hot Oakland A's. I mean, that, and the Astros, who finish number two, get a team with 85 wins. That's crazy how baseball works. 
I don't have an answer to that, and nor do I really care. Yeah, yeah like, I, I, think, I just think it's kind of funny that, the, in theory, they're going to be tested more than the Astros would be in theory. Against I don't the know about that. The, you know, whenever we got, when everybody goes back to zero at the start of the postseason, anything can happen. <laughs> Yes, Captain Cliche. Yes, anything can happen. No, <laughs> what I was going to say is I'm not sure if the Indians or the Yankees are that much. Are, like, I don't know who's better between those two teams. The Yankees have played so woefully the last month. They are right. so hurt. They are so inconsistent. Um, I, I, you know, obviously, as somebody, I grew up in New York City rooting for the Yankees. I follow them closely as, you know, just for the fun of it. Um, no, they're pretty, they're pretty fallible. They're pretty porous. I, I you know, I, they're, they're much more of a crapshoot of any team that's going to make the postseason. They're the team that has the most extreme potential in either direction. They could get, they could lose, they get blown out in that wild card game. They could get super hot and go to the world series. They really could. I, I cause the talent is there. It's just not a matter of, con- it's a matter of their inconsistency and, uh, their injuries. So before we jump on to concerns heading into the postseason, uh, let's talk about the Cy Young race. Uh, you've got Justin Verlander, uh, his first full season with the Astros, uh, Blake Snell with Tampa, 21 pitcher. Uh, and then if you even want to throw in Chris Sale into the mix, who's had some injury issues, which probably now dropped him back. It seems it's, like it's a two-man race right now. It is now. coming down to Justin Verlander and, miraculously, Blake Snell, a 25-year-old lefty on the Tampa Bay Rays. Dude is lights out. Um, can you what are just do a comparison of their numbers? Yeah, so Snell, his WAR is six point seven. He's twenty and five on the season with a one point nine seven ERA. Uh, in twenty nine starts, he's thrown one hundred and sixty nine innings, struck out two hundred, a WHIP of point nine seven. Uh, Verlander, on the other hand, uh, his WAR is at five point four, sixteen and nine on the season, two point six seven ERA. Uh, 32 games started, 202 innings pitched, 269 strikeouts, .93 whip. Both so, are having phenomenal seasons. All right, so basically this is what it's coming down to. Verlander has put in, I was going to say, it's, it's, it's just that Verlander has done more for longer this season. You know, when you look at their ERAs, it's, it's, it's hard to deny Snell to Cy Young when you look at that. I mean, what was it 197? Yeah. That's low. It's <laughs> is it good Captain for the Rockets? Is it good for the Rockets? Dude, no. I, it's really hard to deny him that Cy Young. I, uh, you know, it's like all it takes. It's so silly, but superficially, is for that ERA to be like two one, and suddenly, oh well, we're definitely gonna give it to Verlander for for the breadth of his accomplishments this year. But man, one nine seven is so low. It's re- it's the thing that's keeping him in it. It's not the twenty wins. Um, although it might in some I don't know that wins be, matter because you see know, DeGrom about who's going to get the Cy Young and the, the NL all the time yeah. I, you know but yeah I guess it's just 20 wins on that team they've played so well lately five losses it's it, there's some value to it it's not the most important thing like it used to be but it's also not worthless it's not valueless so it's it's very close uh, what, what about their opposing batting average or batting average allowed uh, you're going to have to give me just a second on that. Yeah. That's somewhere in there. Anyway, I, I you know, if I ha- who do I give the vote to? I don't I'm split. I'm really am split. So Verlander has, he's going to, you know what's cool though? See, Verlander's going to have uh, a, almost 80 to 90 more strikeouts than Snell. Right? Yeah. In 20 or 30 more innings? 
right there, I think I think that probably gives Justin the edge. I think that I think that it's going to be thirty to forty more innings. Yeah, but and also three times in that span, three times as many strikeouts. Right. So, I you know you need somebody like Jake Kaplan to break down how people vote because. I think that Snell is a very kitschy, fun pick, right? You pick the guy who is on this quirky team. Does, that playing, in, does playing in Tampa hurt him? I mean, it's it's not a huge media market. Not a lot of people are talking about the Rays. No, 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 no. I actually think the opposite. I think it really helps him because the Rays, they're, they're a really fun team because of their experimentation, right? So they actually have a lot of eyeballs on them. He also did this. I'd have to look at what his record is against specifically against the Yankees. And the Red Sox, but he did it in, you know, maybe Pretty tough, a, a very tough division. Uh, the counter argument is that well, Justin Verlander did it against the most competitive division in the uh, American League, right? Right. So I, I could see it going either way. I um, maybe Justin at the moment has a slight edge because of the strikeout numbers, which are so impressive. But what's it? What's Verlander's ERA? Two seven? Was it no? No, Verlander's ERA is two point six seven, so it's close. He he struggled but a few times well, getting up, you know, five I don't six know. runs. Two six seven, it's still pretty is a low. lot. No, but that's it's obviously outstanding. But it is a lot higher than one nine seven. Right. That is actually a, that's a chasm. And um, you look at the WAR. You know, if you want to go that, his yeah, WAR is I, nearly a point and a half higher than Verlander's. Blake Snell's, yeah. yeah. I, all right. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. So you know, I, I think that's a good pivot to, to going into talking about the negatives for uh, the Astros. You mentioned the Tampa Bay Rays utilizing something that we really haven't seen in baseball is the opener, and that's bringing in arguably your best relief pitcher or uh, a relief pitcher to start I, the I've game. I've been fascinated by this. So this was kind of laughable and seemingly desperate when the Rays did it at first. They started Sergio Romo. Yeah. Right, and it seemed just totally bananas. Like anything when in baseball when it is done the first time. Now you've seen I so I in person have seen the twins, the Mariners. I feel like there's a second I think the Diamondbacks tried it. I could be wrong. If they did, I did not cover that game. If they did. But um it's it's totally viable, it's smart, it's fun, it's interesting, it it works. I was so the, the most recently the Mariners shut out. The Astros right. in Minute Maid Park, seven to nothing, maybe, maybe seven to nothing or eight to nothing. Yeah, seven to nothing. Um, with a with seven relievers, and after Scott Service, 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 former Astro, current manager of the Mariners, he was delighted with himself, very pleased with himself about it. He was all about. He was all into it. So much credit has to be given to Kevin Cash, the manager of the Rays, manager of the year, I think, without question. Wow, I I guess so. I I'm trying to think. I don't know. It's t- it's tough not to give it to Cora. I, I I'm very impressed with what Kevin Cash has done. In a way, he's he's done so much more with so much less. I mean, you're looking at the Rays. I don't think, he's gonna, I don't think, I don't think he's going to vote for him. I know, but you're looking at the Rays potentially being a 91 team, and this is after trading Archer. This is after getting rid of uh, Longoria, right? Uh, and so to be able to do that while getting rid of all your top talent, Chris Dickerson. Yeah, yeah I mean that that's impressive. I, I think Kevin Cash is a great manager. I guess he would get my vote because I just think he's what he's done is remarkable. I'm I'm just merely being more critical about yeah. uh, how, how I think the votes will go. I think they will. I think Cora will win it. But Kevin Cash, just outstanding to think of it. Or maybe not. He wasn't the first to think of it, but he had the the guts to do it. Um, and and when I say it works for anybody that that hasn't followed, the Rays are the hottest team 
in the last 30 games, and they pieced together, I, I don't know the exact number of starts they've used a quote opener, meaning they've, they've started a reliever who's gotten like an inning or two or three innings, and they've switched. Um, but, uh, you know, it has been part of this incredible run they've had. And then, like I said, you just see the Mariners do it. It's, it's, it's making sense suddenly, right? You just think of each inning as its own. You don't have to think of um, a start as a five-inning or six-inning block. Just get the top guys out right away in that first inning. Suddenly you slice a third of their at-bats out of the way. Um, it, it's great. I, it's basically it's replaced the spot starter, the notion of the spot starter, that you have to bring your long man out of the bullpen. Long man who, by the way, is usually probably crappy. Um, or you have to call to rush some kid from AAA up to the big leagues who's not ready. Right. You know, just like we're seeing these bullpens, and we'll talk about with the Astros that now have. Uh, oh, I wish Derek was here for this. They have a stable of ponies that can go basically two to three innings anytime, uh, and you have like two to three guys like that. It's really remarkable, right? Colin McHugh, Brad Peacock, Josh James, and now Framber Valdez. These guys would be starting in almost any rotation in baseball. Yeah. Uh, and, and really, you know, Hinch and Jeff Luna have done a, an excellent job of, of creating so much depth in their, in their bullpen. So the transition, Dallas Keuchel, he has pitched a lot better in the second half of the season uh, in terms of just numbers he's overall. He's great, I, I think. He, but right he's, now, he's continued to struggle at times in the first inning, you know, giving up two runs, three runs, multi-hits. And it's not like he's getting hit necessarily hard. Well, there was, there was a period of the season, basically through the first half of the season, where he was the worst pitcher in the first inning right. in all of baseball. Right. Gave up more in June, middle of June. So he had this awful start at Arlington where he gave up 13 hits. That was the one where he suggested that 11 of the 13 hits should have been outs. I remember that. Um, after that game, he, <laughs> he had given up the hardest hit balls, like more, you know, higher, highest exit, average exit velocity of any pitcher in baseball. He'd given up more runs in the first inning than anybody in baseball. He was awful. He's gotten much better at it, but, but you're alluding to a recent start against the Mariners in which he got, uh, he got hammered in the first inning again. Literally hit the face. Yes, hit, 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 hit on the side of the head, yes. Not the face, but his face is still great looking. But, uh. but it, to the Astros, after seeing the success with the opener in Tampa Bay, seeing it used throughout you know, in Seattle, Minnesota, do they consider possibly using an opener for Keiko? No, stop, stop. Next topic. Insane. Why not? It, it's something that I think a lot of people are talking about on Twitter. Great. A lot of people also are talking about Flat Earth. On Twitter, I just not no. the people I follow. Ne- <laughs> next topic: insanity. All Move right. on. So I, I do want to talk about uh, a few guys that have been brought up in the last month or so that I think could have an impact on the postseason roster. Uh, Josh James, he's a guy that uh, now brings it up uh, hundred miles an hour. Uh, he's got a lot of movement. He just looks so phenomenal. What he did to me in in Boston, you know, going two plus innings throughout the heart of the Red Sox order was phenomenal. I mean, I, I know they don't have stuff. film on him. No, but. dude's got great stuff. And, and he, you know, the fringe of the bullpen options right now, or the, the, right, the edge of the playoff roster right now, the guys that are on the bubble are James, Brad Peacock, Will Harris, Chris Davinsky. Davinsky, I'll go back, and now, then I'll go reverse. Like, I kind of unintentionally there, I just put in order the guys who have been the best so far and who are most likely to make the playoff roster. Honestly, you know, you think about, 
I, I, this can't, I can't help but bleed into the negatives, but Brad Peacock, Will Harris, and Chris Davinsky were the horses of this last bullpen year. last yep. season, right? And they're not going to make the playoff roster. You will not see them in October. Maybe Brad Peacock, maybe, but Josh James has outpitched him. His stuff looks better. Um, you know, he's the, and he's the only reliever they have. I can as, gas it up to 100. Yeah, like, and it can't be overlooked, you know. I, in a way... I just saw, it's interesting to think about, you know, I don't know what his future is. You know, he kind of came out of nowhere as this 26-year-old rookie. Shoot, you, you ride him as much as you can. He's the freshest arm they have. Yeah. Um, so he'll be really, he'll be excellent. And that's a, that's a perfect example of why I said it's not a guarantee that each Astros starter can go six deep. You know, if you remember game three in Boston last year, Charlie Morton was out in the second third, third or third inning, inning. Yeah. and then brad peacock came in i mean anything like that can happen and josh james now is going to be the first guy you call on the second guy you probably will go to is going to be lance mccullers i mean he is such an x factor um i know that so so derek fogel our friend my colleague at the games who does cbs radio you know his, he has been preaching that lance mccullers should be a closer should be a shutdown reliever over a year and a half yeah and you know, we saw how good McCullers did it last year in the postseason um, you know, against the Yankees, and he—I think he's going to be excellent again. It doesn't bother me that he's been injured. It doesn't bother me that he hasn't pitched since August fourth. Um, when all you need this guy to do is pitch two great innings, I think he's perfect. I think he's going to be really, really good. Yeah, to me, to me, that's really exciting. Uh, but you know, there there are some other roster spots that are kind of open at this point i mean uh, you know does gaddis who is yeah does Gattis, he make the roster he, do you carry three catchers will. so gaddis will i think max stasty the third catcher will not you know for hinch had alluded to the desire to carry three catchers which they did last year well they needed to last year they didn't have right. they didn't have an arm to get a guy out stealing, right. but now they have right. maldonado who is arguably the, the best, best defensive catcher he's amazing he's transformed the team um transformed the staff and yeah, I, I think, you know, Gaddis becomes your emergency catcher. Um, and I think st- it's sad because Stassi's had such a great year. And, you know, there was a there was a like a 10-game stretch where he basically carried the offense. Yeah. You know, he showed his prodigious power. Um, but, you know, th- th- you're going to have to cut some fat. And my guess is Hinge has more confidence that Gaddis can win a game with one swing against a really good relief pitcher. Uh, than Max Stassi can. Yeah, and I think that that's probably fair. But, you know, Gaddis is a guy that does have the pop, does have the power, but the power seems to have left uh, the Astros. Yeah, yeah look. What, what, what's going on with the Astros' offense? It, they right, seem now, really, we're going they, full, now we're really yeah. going full tilt into the negatives. <clears throat> but of this I, I think that's one of the biggest concerns heading into the postseason. It if is you the call biggest it, concern. Yeah. It is the biggest concern is offensive inconsistency. I, you don't know, who, other than Altuve... Getting on base, Altuve and Bregman getting on base, which is which is not to be minimized. It's it's great. They need it. Other than that, there's no guarantee that there will be any consistency by anybody in that lineup. You know, the power drought is is astonishing. George Springer, who to, we have to give him credit, last night in a blowout win against the Angels, he ripped a huge towering home run into the Crawford, uh, over the Crawford boxes, over the train tracks. It's been the first time um, in a while that we'd seen that power from him. He has this lingering pain and problem um, from, a th- from the sprained right thumb. 
And he said at the time when he came back from it that it was going to be something that was going to, you know, he's going to have to figure out and navigate for the rest of the season. And the way that it's manifested itself is he's become, at least until last night, essentially just a singles hitter. He's hit very well. He's hit almost 340 since he's come off the DL. Which is huge because he had that stretch earlier this season where Hitiful. he was, yeah. yeah, couldn't get a hit. You know, his, his batting average, I don't know what the lowest it dipped to, but. 260-something? Yeah, it, it was low. It's actually st- he still is at like 265, <laughs> but uh, he was lower at the time. But um, yeah, no, he's hit 340 since he's come back to DL, and th- that's nice. It's nice and all. But you, you need Springer to be the, the postseason Springer that he was last year. This is the year. World Series MVP. Right. Right? Five homers in the World Series. I, 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 I just don't know, you know, it's why I, allude, I said before, Toronto and Baltimore, they, that's a guy where our confidence could be drastically changed if he has a good uh, final stretch here, final week. Then, obviously, Correa, Carlos Correa. It's he's, just he's, sad at this he point. He was out this series, by the way. Yeah, he's the sitting this weekend against the Angels. And it's just so sad, right? You know, we're talking about one of the most physically gifted players in all of baseball, the most, the unquestionable franchise player. I, I, and that is not a slight to Jose Altuve. But if the Astros had to pick one guy to go forward with, I still think even right now that would go with Carlos. He's you, just, even over Bregman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Carlos, just the tools, you know? The problem is obviously every single season this guy gets hurt and misses such a big chunk. And now, I, I, I don't know the total number of games he'll, he'll end up missing, but um, we're talking between, I'm, I'm trying to, off the top of my head, he essentially will be missing 55 to 60 days of the entire season for injuries. It's just, it's just sad. And... It took until this week for Hinch to really kind of wave the white flag about Carlos's ability at the plate. Um, he's just too hurt to hit. Hit well, I should say. He's getting absolutely killed on balls on the outside of the strike zone. He just can't, you know, he's rolling them over. He just doesn't have the power, whether that's something related to his oblique, something related to his back. I think it's really wrong and shameful that the Astros have not been more transparent about his injury since the moment it happened. Right? Discomfort. Yeah, I don't like it. Um, yeah. And I don't like it just, it's not because I'm a reporter that I don't like it. I, th- I think there is something dishonest about it to the public and to fans, you know, paying fans to tell them that, yeah, it's like this little thing. This was day to day. Yeah. Back when Carlos first heard it in June, his back, you know, it was like, oh, it's this little thing. Little thing. He ended up missing another 45 days after that, and now he can't hit. So um, whatever his back issue is, I think it's serious. And in the event that, that, that it somehow is maybe not super serious, it's just a little bit serious or whatever, it does, who, who cares? Because the effect it has had is it's irreparably damaged and unraveled his swing. It's it's just oh it's so sad it is over for him this year I you know what is, what is his role in the postseason he still plays a great shortstop right so he's going to start but my goodness you know we're we're gonna have a lot of groans when he you know he can't come through with men on base you know he'll bat here's a great example of a situation that easily could happen multiple times in the postseason in the first game that he that Hinch dropped. Correa to sixth in the lineup. Now, Correa had not batted sixth in a lineup. It's his first two games since ever. The f- right. Since the f- his fourth game as a rookie, first at bat of the game, comes up with the bases loaded. So he's going to have run-producing opportunities. He just doesn't have the ability. I don't know where you hit him because there is, of course, the blind hope and faith that he still has 
you know, the talent within him to have a big hit when you need it. So, to you know, you're not going to bat him ninth. You're not going to bat him eighth. But, geez. Why not consider that as a second leadoff type guy? I mean, because you've had Tony Kemp, who's been productive, batting in the nine hole. Why not consider Correa, who's got speed, who... Kind of. He doesn't... He's very, He doesn't very, have elite speed. No, but, but he's he, also... He's very selective with it. He does not make plays... And he or on either side of the, the the game because of his speed. So I I I'm not I'm, I shudder to call him a speed guy. He every now and then he'll flat he'll, he'll turn it on to leg out a triple or maybe beat out a grounder to first. But he he's not really that kind of guy. He's actually kind of open about how he really doesn't like to run. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, he can do it if he has to. But but I wouldn't. I don't think of him that way. And and why wouldn't you want him as an extra leadoff guy? Because yeah. his contact rate sucks. Yeah. I'm sorry. You you know like. Right now, he's, he's, I'm trying to think, in the best lineup they could put out there, he and Maldonado are the worst hitters. That's insane. I know. Yeah, th- you know, this is, this is the biggest concern for them. You're going to go into a postseason in which the middle of your lineup has Tyler White. Tyler White obviously has been awesome at times this year. Do any of us really think that he is a number f- legit number five hitter in so the I, it, it's kind of funny i sat right behind tyler white's brother last year in the world series and tyler white's brother will have you know that yeah he has full confidence in him so. uh, but I, I do think that's a valid point i mean tyler white has had a hell of a season uh, coming up he's definitely earned his spot on the postseason roster uh, but is he a guy that you can rely on in, in those Kemp. moments? I mean, yeah, look. It's, they haven't been in those moments. And also Marwin. You know, so Marwin has been really good lately, and I was talking about this with, uh, with Jay Kaplan and Derek Fogel, and both of them are very high on Marwin. My whole thing is, like, uh, he hit the most important home run in Astros history when he hit it. Game two. Game yeah. two, all the Kenley Jansen ties the game, pushes it into extra innings, saves the season. If we take out that home run, I'm sorry. The guy, I, I, he's not a good hitter in the postseason. He is not. He's not clutch. He doesn't do situational hitting. He's not great at driving and run, a runner from third when he has to. Um, the best times I've seen him do it is either with a bunt or a ground ball. Like, you know, I, seriously, I... I don't, I don't have a lot of faith in him as a consistent hitter this postseason. So what are some of your other big concerns before we uh, wrap Bullpen. this up? You know, we'll, we'll end on this. Um, they've got so many horses, so many guys that look so good. I just don't – I think it would be really arrogant for any of us to suggest that we could predict what A.J. Hinch will do with this bullpen. Asuna is lights out as the, nine, uh, as the, uh, as the closer. Great. So let's work backward from there. Your setup guy, a bona fide right now, is Alex Press. Uh, he's Ryan been Prestick, so me. damn Ryan good since awesome. the acquisition. I, I, it's funny. I just called him the setup man. I guess I could also see him being brought in in like a fifth or sixth inning. Like a high have, leverage type guy. Yeah, when you have to get through the middle of the Indians lineup, Presley is excellent against righties and lefties. And he's really he also good knows that team pretty well. I guess from pitching in that division, that's yeah. a good point. I'm not sure it matters, right? Like. You know, because the argument can be made the other way around. But they've they seen him, him, right? But either way, he's you know your number two guy out of the bullpen when you need him. Other than that, it's a little bit of a toss up. Like you know, I guess you might bring in Tony Sip to face one left-handed hitter, um, Ron Doan, and you know the best person to talk about this with is, is, is Derek, who has been railing against Hector Rondone this whole season. I've got, I've got a few text messages I could probably pull up right now yeah, <laughs> from the like point, last week. The point week. is that it's a little bit of fool's gold, yeah. that, that Rondone's excellent numbers in the first few months were a bit deceptive, and that he was getting away with 
well, less ability than we thought he had. His and fastball now, is flat. It's flat. It's apparently, not that fast. It's, it's not ni- deceptive. I mean, we say it's not that fast. It's like ninety five, ninety six. But so, I'll, so I'll say this: in the last, so in September, so sorry, since September third, when Rondone got hit on the wrist by a comebacker, that very clearly marked the before and after period for him. So since September third, he um, batters have made contact. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Oh, half the time that batters have made contact with his fastball, they have rocketed it for hits. So this is not just that half the fastballs he's thrown have been hits. It's the idea that when a player, when a batter makes contact with one of his fastballs, 50% of the time, it's a screaming hit. Hmm. That's really bad, right? Yeah. His changeup is pitiful. He's thrown two of them since September 3rd, both rocketed hits, um, uh, a triple and a single. So... I, I don't know what the answer to that is. Hinch said it's, you know, Rondon's going to change his usage up a little more, meaning throw more sliders. We'll see if that works. I, I wouldn't trust him in a tie game, a one-run ball game right now. I think, I, I, I think to me, he's very mirroring the confidence that Astros fans had with Giles last year. Wow, that's pretty drastic. No, Ken Giles was much more uh, uh, hated. Astros, <laughs> Astros fans get to see him this week in Toronto. I'm sure it'll be a big topic of conversation in game one, and then everybody will forget about <laughs> but it. But I do, I do want to kind of close on a, a positive note. If we're having this conversation first in November and the Astros do win a second straight World Series, what is the storyline? Who is the X factor for the Astros going back to back? Wow. I, I don't know. How can we predict that? Just, who, who, who do you think is the X factor for the Astros in the postseason? Verlander. I mean, this is not, this is not a, I'm not going out on a limb by saying that. He's the reason that... They won last year. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to obviously put it all in one person. Like, he probably... I'm trying to think. He, George, yeah. God, even Lance. Like, I'm trying to think, if we were to give a pie chart breakdown, Ver, uh, Altuve was great, too. I, I don't know. Like, Altuve, so many guys stepped Altuve up Altuve last year amazing. to make it happen. Uh, it, it's in a weird way. We've, all, we've actually forgotten... How phenomenal was Altuve was in the post three home runs in the first game against Boston. Well, that's two off of Chris. But I wish I don't. I don't have it up, and we don't have the time. But his batting average was insane. Like the guy got on base all the time. Um, Just he was great. So yeah, Justin Verlander though. You know he's he he may win the Cy Young. He's going to be the best pitcher on the mound every single time he you know he takes it. Um, And and I think that I, I don't know like he's. I'm trying to think. There are these guys where everything's different in the postseason, be it negative or positive. And he, you know, you think about Clayton Kershaw, mm-hmm. a certain snake-bitten quality to him. It is not the case with Justin Verlander. I mean, he's awesome. He's had, he had one really bad postseason, you know, years ago. But he's great. I think it'll be him. Yeah, I, I'm really excited for the postseason to start. Uh, I believe the postseason starts uh, here in Houston on that Friday. Friday. Uh, what is that? October 7th? Basically two weeks from today. Yeah, almost. Yeah. yeah, so it should be a good time here in Houston. Hopefully, the Astros can uh, make another strong run. But uh, Hunter Atkins, thirty-five on Twitter. Hunter, we always appreciate you joining us on the podcast. Uh, what do you have coming up for the Chronicle? What are you working on right now? I'm just more Astros, Astros stuff, right? We have a we have an NBA preview coming up. Amazing that the NBA season's only. Like I know. Weeks ago. I'm excited. Me too. Good um, to see Melo, my boy. That's my that's my guy right there, Carmelo Anthony. Um, you know, obviously he and I we went to Jewish day school together. Yeah. So, okay. Back in the day. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. Other than that, no. Just keep, please keep following uh, Hunter Atkins thirty five on Twitter. And for the Houston Chronicle, we are putting out more content than ever. We have this sort of supplemental, additional part of our website called Texas Sports Nation. For an extra twenty bucks, you get even more stuff. Like, no lie, you know. And this isn't necessarily a shot at every other publication that is writing about Houston sports, but Jake, we, <laughs> Jake, no mistake, Kaplan. He may look. The guy doesn't make a mistake. He's outstanding. He, I'm sorry, the guy, he also doesn't work anymore. So, <laughs> you know, for those of us that have to cover these games every day, we are doing, we do two to three pregame stories, which we call notes. We do a game story. We then do a post-game story. We're doing post-analysis of everything. Yeah, it's good Tex- stuff. Thanks, good you. stuff. On Texas Sports Nation, we're putting out more content than any publication covering Houston sports. So if you really care and you really love it, Houston sports, that is. So I have a subscription, and uh, I recommend that you go out there and check it out. Uh, it, it doesn't cost much, uh, and it's twenty it, bucks. Yeah, and if you like the $20. Astros, you like the Rockets, you like the uh, Texans, it's great to have. Yeah, we put in we put in special features, features meaning feature stories, you know, long form stories there, um, and then every single game we have extra analysis that's much more inside. You know, this is this is and that's of, the stuff that I like. Personally. It's online focus, so I, you know, I'm almost always going to reference something from Baseball Savant or from you know the MLB Pitch Tracker to show pitch uses, to show the approach to the most critical of bat of the game. You know, it's not just that Garrett Cole struck out 12 guys; it's how did he do it? You know, and so anyway, it, it gives us much more freedom to to really give fans uh, more of the stuff they need. Check it out, Texas Sports Nation on the Houston Chronicle. Uh, get a subscription; highly encourage it. Hunter Atkins 35. Follow him on Twitter. Hunter, appreciate you coming by, man. And share the podcast. Share the podcast. We need to grow it. Absolutely. Love y'all. Take care. Closing time. Another great episode of the Weekly Brew Podcast. This has been episode 140. Thanks to Hunter for uh, coming back to the studio and talking a little Astros baseball. Again, the Astros uh, finished the uh, regular season off with the Toronto Blue Jays and uh, the Baltimore Orioles before taking on likely the Cleveland Indians, the first round of the American League Division Series. So a lot to be excited about here in Houston as the Astros look to defend their 2017 World Series title. Uh, So again, thanks to Hunter for joining. Again, you can follow him at HunterAtkins35 on social media. Uh, Also, you know, disappointing times for the Texans, but if you want to make Sundays interesting, I highly encourage that you go to BetDSI.com. Use our promo code BREW101. You get a 101% bonus up to your first thousand dollars uh deposited to betdsi.com highly recommend that you check that out but uh, we hope you enjoy the conversation this week again this has been episode 140 of the weekly brew podcast on behalf of my co-host hunter atkins my name is austin staten we'll talk to you next week you've been listening to the weekly brew 